podcast for dads who love music, made by dads who love music. And now, your hosts, Josh and Joe. Hello, and welcome to Dad Rocks, the podcast about being a dad and loving music and how the two intersect in our daily lives. I'm Josh, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe. What's going on, everyone? And our producer, Steve. Hey, guys. We want to give a big thanks to everyone who has supported, shared, and subscribed to this podcast. This is actually the first episode we are recording since the podcast uh, went live and was published. Uh, So we want to acknowledge uh, our original fans, like Joe, when he saw the Black Keys at Maxwell's in 2003. He was there first (laughs) before everything, you know. I was there. Before the band guy. Early adopter. Early adopter. Yes, yes. So today we're going to talk about explicit content and music and in social media and, and movies and just in media in general, you know, how our parents dealt with it and how we as parents feel about it and deal with it today. But before we get into that, let's uh, check in since it's been a, a few weeks since we talked. Uh, Joe, how have things been? Things have been good. Um, as I talked about in the earlier episodes, uh, moved into a new house, got a new job, Somehow, still working remotely at the job. House is going well. Still doing the weekly radio show on WMSC. Of course, though, the elephant in the room is what's going on in the country and in the world, mainly with COVID and the awful news that we've been getting on a daily basis and trying not to let, you know, uh, let, let that get, get us down. Um, we do talk to the kids um, about what's going on, of course, with COVID and uh, as well as with protests and Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. But with COVID and, and quarantining, we have to be still be safe. We have been having some play dates with some families that we know very well in town, mainly one family that has been basically not seeing anybody. The parents don't don't work or ha- haven't worked, you know, in the last few months. And we've been around them a lot the last few weeks and we, we feel safe at this, at this point. Um, my daughter's had a few other friends over, mainly they're outside jumping on the trampoline that we got back there. We actually got a sprinkler for it. So, you know, at, instead of a pool, but we have some sort of water situation going on. It's been pretty hot here in New Jersey. I think actually today, I think it was the hottest day so far yeah. of the year. It's good. Yeah. It's going to be hot. Like the rest of like, it seems like the rest of yeah. the month. Like it's just, yes. And so it's hard. I mean, you know, especially Josh, when your son gets a little older, you'll see, you know, they, they yeah. want to go out. They want to, you know, but it's hot. What are you supposed to do? Also, my kids just started uh, soccer practice in the past week, uh, both Whoa. of them. They're doing a very socially distanced, you know, very safe approach to it. Every child, as they get walk on the field, the coach um, takes the child's temperature and then they spread out like six, six feet or more apart on like the field lines and they're basically doing a lot of ball drills and you know stuff like that no no contact um, but it's again been nice just to get them out getting exercise and it's been nice out so um it's been interesting to see how they've have done that but when we go down to the field they've been on the grass field there's a turf field that every time we're down there it's packed with young adults mainly playing soccer no masks or anything they had to actually shut down our town field and we have a oh. turf town field because too many people were using it. People were jumping the fence when it was closed. People were like oh, misusing man. it and nobody was following any social distancing, you know, whatsoever. And it's going to be interesting to see how things pan out with this. I don't know how they're going to have any leagues and it's just going to be, yeah. it's going to be crazy. I know. But, uh, it's probably just nice for them to be out with their friends though and just, you know, having some physical activity structured. Mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> and like I said, we've had some kids over, yeah that we feel safe with. We've been, you know, pretty, pretty social. I mean, we don't go to restaurants or anything like that, just to the food store and back. But it is tough. You know, you, you see the news every day. And like I was saying, I, I do work remotely, but in a few weeks, I'm supposed to be going in to the, uh, we have a, a TV studio. There's shoots coming up. And I even asked my manager today, I'm like, do you need me kind of every day <laughs> for this? I'm not really like, you know, I'm still kind of new. Right. And he's like, well, you know, it's fine. Like if you don't feel comfortable, but you know, you sort of feel if no one else is saying anything and you're just trying to be part of the team and you don't want to be like yeah. uh, totally like, nope, I'm not going. But they're very safe. It's a pharmaceutical place and there's a medical tent out front and a very thorough cleaning service and all that. So, but it's, as it's creepy, as it's getting closer, I'm not that enthused about 
going in. But anyway, yeah. so that's that's kind of my update in a in a nutshell. Honestly, I don't. I I can. T- I think that we're gonna t- at least here in New Jersey. I think by September or at the latest October, everything's gonna be shut down again. I mean, unless yeah, unless yeah. people really start wearing masks all the time and keep social distancing and it's the numbers are starting to go back up and you know we're one of the best states in dealing with this and our our i was just checking our reproduction numbers are close to one if not a little bit above so it's going to happen as they open more stuff up it's you know i think they're going to shut things back down i mean we they they didn't open up indoor dining like they were supposed to so and that screwed a lot of people it is a crazy time. Yeah. And so, Steve, how have you been dealing with this crazy time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just taking it day by day, um, doing the same things you guys are doing. And then I guess kind of learning the lessons and trying to, to, to share those with my family back home in Ohio that, you know, things can get hectic and, and how we dealt with them and how solidarity is very important. Restaurants do these things now where almost every order you can add a meal to the front lines, people or somebody in general who's just like hungry. So they're sending stuff to hmm. food banks. And I think that that's just like one big thing that we're trying to do as much as possible is just make sure that, you know, we're um, thinking of not just the frontline people again, because if they get hit by another wave and they're already kind of stretched thin, but for people that have still lost jobs, uh, and are hungry. So trying to do that as much as possible. That's great. Yeah. And then, you know, getting outside just like you guys are doing, even though it's socially distanced, Mm -hmm. just anything to get out of the house, try to stay productive. And then I got to connect with, uh, the, the main guy who wrote an article in, uh, the alt weekly in Toledo, about the concert. Which concert? The Soledad Brothers show. Okay, because uh, yeah, I wasn't sure at first. <laughs> and that concert, there were certain people there that I'm trying to track down before I reach out to the bands. And this guy is kind of a Toledo uh, known guy. He works for their uh, arts commission. And so he's like a big link in the chain as far as, you know, he can give a good oral history about what he experienced, what it meant to him. So that's moving forward. So it should be something pretty interesting as long as everyone is kind of forthcoming. And then I um, uh, got added as a freelancer uh, on the Born Made podcast with uh, Michael Chernow, the chef. And the first episode was with Chef Roy Choi, who, if you guys don't know, the chef show on Netflix, give it a check. He's he's featured in there. Uh, he's the guy from Ko- Koji Tacos, the taco truck. Cool. Um, Very cool. That came out really well. And then I just I made a big splurge. I did my first vault, uh, even though it wasn't uh, a third man vault bought like in its release i tracked down icky thump x a guy was selling it on facebook in this like third man collectors group that i'm a part of and it's the one that i kind of had my eye on for a while and it was the price was right and it's it's gorgeous it's it's definitely a, a good purchase on my end as far as music goes and it's going to be it's going to take up a lot of my time. Yeah. You know, those third man vaults are always tempting and I'm just always like, is it worth it? Oh, is it worth, you know, throwing mm-hmm. down 75, 80, 100, whatever it is. Yes. And, to, you know, <laughs> I have two of them, right? Well, I have one. I have the Tours, a live one, live in Tulsa. I think yeah, it was. Tulsa. But then the other one never came yet. Still hasn't come yet. Yeah, all the, the mail's um, kind of delayed. White Stripes, D-Style uh, one. I think it's also not just mail, but I think it's also the pressing is probably having some issues too because they probably yeah. can't people, yes. you know. Yeah, and Third Man's, you know, been plugging away. I've been seeing posts on social media, but yeah. And that's that was kind of my situation. And this one was like, I didn't know if I wanted to spend over $100, but then I'm seeing it go on Discogs for 150 Wow. So I felt... I felt okay about jumping on it, but it, it hurts. It hurts the wallet at first sometimes. Yeah. It's definitely one of those things where, you know, if it's, it's a little present for yourself, then, you know, it's, it's nice. But yeah, so with me, um, my wedding anniversary is actually tomorrow, uh, our fourth anniversary. And uh, thanks. And for the first time since this whole COVID situation went down, we're planning on ordering out. We have not ordered out. We haven't gone out. Like, Wow. You haven't ordered no food out? No food. We've wow. made everything. Like, man. That's very impressive. Since about, yeah. Uh, since that it's, it's not frustrating too. It's, it, it's been time. Well, you know, <laughs> my, my wife loves, you know, cooking not loves cooking but she you know would prefer to cook instead of uh, you know ordering out if we can but nice. we're treating ourselves i think the plan is to just get a pizza it's the safest takeout that you can get uh pretty much we'll get it and if we feel like it we'll throw it back in the oven for a few minutes kill whatever potential germs there are and just you know eat it up but um what pizza spot <laughs> do you know we have a right here in town there's a there's a great uh, little 
place that we we pretty much go to all the time. They make a really good veggie pizza. I think they even put roasted red peppers on there too, so it's um it's it's good uh, and well worth it. And uh, they also make some really good garlic knots too. So we we always get some of those. Well, you as definitely well. deserve it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Four months without ordering out at the. Wow. I'm, yeah. Yeah. My mind is blown. We pretty much now just do Instacart for groceries and I've started to basically only order from Wegmans where I get to drive up 20 minutes and just pick it up instead of waiting for someone to deliver it and they, you know, just leave it on my front porch for whatever. But I've actually been lately been going through a little bit of a, a turbulent time with my son, not like terrible, but he's approaching the the terrible twos, if not already started to, and he's really been pushing uh. our buttons and he's gone through some phases where he bites and thrashes where he gets frustrated and, you know, that causes us to get frustrated. For a while, he was really into coloring and we bought him like special, you know, we bought these crayons. We broke out all colored pencils. He was holding a colored pencil correctly. I was texting the art teacher at my school. I was texting my aunt who was a former art teacher. And they're like, oh my God, he's holding a pencil well. And he was calmly coloring. He would fill in circles and stuff. And now he just gets super frustrated because he, he, I think he wants to draw like faces and eyes and he just can't. And he just thrashes out and just starts like, you know, just scribbling all over the papers. And sometimes he's gotten the walls a couple of times. So, you know, we're going through that. He's starting to throw food on the floor again, testing our patients and, mm-hmm. you know, testing boundaries. And he's also become a little more picky with food. So that's been frustrating. You know, we've also had to retrain him to go down for a nap by himself and, uh, you know, for a while while he was at daycare, he would, you know, even when my mom or my wife would be watching him during the week or even on the weekends, he would go down for a nap. No problem. We put him in the crib, say, okay, night, night. And he would be fine. Uh, but about a month in, uh, of us being, you know, self-isolating, quarantine, whatever. He just refused to go down for a nap. So I had to start what we call aggressively cuddling him and rocking him where I'm just like holding him and not letting his arms like move around. And he gets in that yeah. like secure mode and he would fall asleep within a couple minutes. Uh, you know, he'd fight it at first, but then he'd be out and he wouldn't have any problems. But now that I'm going to have to be doing a, a virtual camp in a couple of, of weeks, we're trying to retrain him. And that's been a up and down situation. Um, thankfully, he has always been and continues to be, hopefully I'm not jinxing anything, a phenomenal sleeper at night. He's been able to get okay. himself down and has slept through the night since about three months. So we've been very lucky with that. And that's the big one. Like, you know, for anyone who hasn't had a kid yet, and Joe will know, you know, <laughs> naps are naps are important, but getting through the night, sleeping through the night is, is the big one. Yeah, getting through the night is, but yeah, we were never as thorough with the, the nap we always wanted the nap, you know, the nap to happen. But yeah. as they got, I think once they were at least two or three, yeah, they started to even get out of it. And getting through the night is is the bigger thing, which you never yeah. know. We just never know if you're going to get through it. Even now, my kids still get up. <laughs> Let me tell you, my son's 13 yeah. and he may watch something a little weird and then he gets, you know, still like a new house and everything. And all of a sudden, there's, you know, someone at the door. But on another note, I talked to you guys about this. I went on a walk this morning with my son, but in a different area to a different park. And I ran into some dude who had three Airedale Terriers. I'm like, oh, you know, look, there's three puppies. And then at the end, he's like, just to let you know, I'm also a children's musician. So, you know, if you want to check me out, my name is Lou Gallo. You know, check me out, lougallo.com. I'm like, okay, (laughs) dude, cool. Yeah, I'll check you out. And so I did. And it's just like... He's okay. You know, it's not, he's not bad, but like, it's, it's just, I feel like we, at some point we need to like do an episode about kids music and like children's performers, because I feel like there's definitely tears of it. And I don't know, Joe, if when you, when your kids were younger, if you listen to a lot of like different stuff or you just pretty much, you know, pop music, but like there's, there's some great stuff and then there's some really terrible stuff out there. And yeah. For sure. I recently found out because I don't use Instagram. And once we signed up our Instagram account, I, you know, I liked uh, Casper Baby Pants or Chris Ballow from President of the United States of America. And he has been doing since the quarantine started every Tuesday, he puts out a live video, like a live concert, mm-hmm. like just of cool. one song. So I was watching them and I noticed the guitar he uses almost every one is a three string guitar. It's like he's like he's doing the same. Wow, shtick. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> same thing. Wow. But it's he sounds great. It's just it's like, oh, man, cool. this dude is amazing. But yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, I'm glad that they did that, though. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad that they actually made something in, in the same vein, but they made it more relevant to their life, you know? Yeah. I'm just glad that people are still putting music out. We were able to do that. And even for the kids that people are looking out for everyone at this point. 
on to the main topic. So today we're going to, like I said at the beginning, our main topic is explicit content. You know, the three of us are you know, borderline, you know, Gen X, millennial, zillennial, whatever you want to call them. Like growing up, we were really in our preteen, teenage years when the explicit content warning label hit big, uh, when Tipper Gore made her big push and Frank Zappa pushed back. And then the two live crew incident, all that was on MTV all the time. So we were on almost like the front lines of the explicit content warning label. And we know the stigma that some artists you know, and some albums and some songs carried with them in the eyes of parents, a lot of parents. Nowadays, it's it's a lot harder to kind of track what is explicit and not because everything is on the phone. Uh, everything is digital, even though if it says explicit content, if you're kid or you're in my case, my students are listening to something, you know, it's hard to know is the content explicit and and not just the words, but is the actual song about something that's inappropriate? That's kind of like what I want to talk about today. But first, you know, let's let's talk about us growing up and, and what we went through. What was your situation like, guys? I mean, did your parents listen to explicit content? Um, were you able to listen to explicit content? Let, let's start with that. Like, were you able to listen to explicit content uh, with your parents' knowledge? Um, for me, this is Joe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this. I mean, I grew up in the 80s and parents always had cable TV. TV was always on. My parents were big TV watchers. More than mm. more than music. The music was kind of predated me, I would say. It kind of ended when I was like very little. So I was looking at this more from a, you know, movies and TV aspect, but they weren't strict really. I mean, they, but I remember watching things with a lot of curses in it. Some movies now thinking back, I was just thinking 48 hours (laughs) is a really like super vulgar movie (laughs) with a lot of very inappropriate words. They cannot say in any movie in 2020, Um, (laughs) mainly with like race relations, but uh, it's popped in my head. But my father, like I remember I was like 13 or 12 and he showed my brother and I and my brother's Two and a half years younger than me, he showed us Blazing Saddles, which, as if you guys oh, yeah. like, you know, is is a huge satire on race relations and and like yeah. you know yeah. racism, and it just has everything exploding out on the on the screen. And, yes, you know, <laughs> again, you so, cannot yep. say many things in that movie today. Yeah. So yeah, they weren't so so strict with music. Like Josh said, we we're right on the front lines. That's a good way to put it of the of the parental advisory sticker. It was a big deal. Again, not so much in my house with my parents, um, but I wasn't looking for the most, you know, vulgar things. I started innocently like in the late eighties into ninety with like pop music and some rock music, Aerosmith, Black Crows, and a lot of classic rock, Queen and stuff like that. But I do remember the first thing that was pretty explicit was Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, which I got for my birthday, uh, mm. November of 91. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a big those one. came out in September of 91. And also got Appetite, I think, on the same at the same day. Um, and yeah. I do remember like the next morning waking up, opening the CD. I was like, that's when they had the big carton, big yeah. long box CD <laughs> yes, things. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I was real careful not to rip it. I, I saved them for many years anyway. Um, and I started listening <laughs> to them. And uh, my mom came in and I was like, me and her, you know, we share a lot of common ground with music and we both play music. And so I was very eager to like, show her, look at this new album. It's so great. And the, the lyric book came in, the CD case. And I was just in it. I don't know. I didn't realize what I was doing, but I showed her the lyric book. Some of it is hard if you know those albums. I mean, getting yeah. the ring is just Axl Rose, like going off on this one writer with every word, you know, in the book. Other things, there's one song called Pretty Tied Up, Hanging Upside Down, which is, uh, you know, not a great song. To, like show your mom, like, hey, there's this new song about, you know, tying up a woman. Um, but you know, it's like <laughs> pretty really crazy stuff. So I remember that album and she was like, you know, what are you, what are you showing me? I mean, she liked Guns N' Roses. She liked the, uh, liked the hits and stuff, but that was like too much. But I do remember also my friend at the time getting into hip hop and those albums were pretty vulgar. Oh, yes. Two Live Crew. Like he said, Two Live Crew. <laughs> I mean, all of the Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg's album, but I yeah. remember that was pretty young. I was my son's age, I 13, 14 and listening to those early nineties hip hop albums. But I know there were some other like friends who had moms that were way more, 
you know, on top of it with like, they wouldn't buy them uh, CDs with, oh, with yeah. the sticker on it and stuff like that. But they were also they'd getting have to some, get it somewhere else. Yes, exactly. They had to steal it. They had to like, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Just get it from another source. Have someone buy it for them. Yep. In my house, I, like I wasn't uh, trying to buy explicit content stuff, but like my parents really didn't care. Like I said, my dad was showing me Mel Brooks movies. Um, I remember I, you know, because I'm a little younger than you guys. Like I guess I was in sixth grade or fifth grade when I bought the Adam Sandler uh, first Adam Sandler album. Oh, it's a great I album. Just, it's Classic. great album, but it was like way over my head. Like I mean, I, yeah. I didn't know like half the stuff he was talking about. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's a sure. lot. That album came at a real perfect time for. I'm a couple of years older, so I was like right in the oh, yeah. wheelhouse of like. I was, was pre it was like, high school. I think I was like eighth grade, maybe when I came out. Yeah, yeah I think I was in. I was. I was like had to be eighth grade, eighth grade or freshman year. Maybe I was sixth grade then. Yeah. Yeah, it was perfect. I was like, this is for us. This is like exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. The humor and actually it's funny you mentioned that album because i've been loading my C- old cds trying to really throw out a lot of stuff here <laughs> yeah. in this new house and that was i'm like uh, you know i'm just really throwing most of the cases out and just making sure they're in my itunes and then keeping some of the special ones but that was one of the ones i was like ah oh, this yeah. wasn't in my itunes i have to load this in this was like a yeah. i was looking at the back cover and like conan there's like a picture of conan was involved in it conan o'brien yeah i forgot conan was was the fred yeah, schneider and, like co-produced it yeah so it's pretty it's funny just, it's just it was just one of those for like for me like my parents probably had no idea i bought it or if they did yeah. they had no idea what was on it exactly. you know again my dad was a hippie and, some comedian yeah, yeah and but like he he didn't really care and they weren't Good. really super strict about it obviously you you know, they didn't want me cursing um, around the house, but um, like it wasn't like I was listening to stuff that was just laden with ex- expletives and stuff like that. You know, I was going to ask like what what happened, you know, with your parents when it did pop up. And my dad was I think was it was hilarious what he would do because um, I remember he came home one day with the the Prince, uh, the sign album, like the one was just the sign on it mm-hmm. that had uh, like so it had the sexy mf'er and you know we're trying to keep this podcast clean so like that song uh and then like the almost like the first two songs uh, my name is prince and stuff like that so he he would make these mixtapes or he would take the cds and move them onto cassettes because they you know we didn't have cd players in the cars at the time so and we had this little yellow uh, volkswagen cabriolet so we would have pop the have the top down sometimes and he would just blast his song and then would be like you sexy and then he would just turn the volume down and then turn it back up like on the controls like so he, <laughs> it was almost like he didn't want us to hear it but we also knew what it was saying and um so he would do like that kind of stuff and yeah. and but he wouldn't like stop us from listening to said you can't listen to this song but he would just more like mm. turn it down and give a wink to us and then like you know turn it back up um so i, I mean were your parents kind of like that at all or did they you know did they turn stuff off did they tell you to not stop listening to things i mean my my dad was almost the the opposite of of both of your parents in that he would play hell's bells on christmas morning <laughs> um he would like play metallica kill them all stuff wow. like that in front of us but at the same time i know my mom was kind of like gritting her teeth sometimes in some of those moments where she'd just be like steve chill out a little bit but um but shoot i mean both parents were super hippies too and really open i think that the, the one thing that they were mindful more of than anything actually was gun violence. Mm. They were cool with things said in music mm-hmm. and they were cool with me getting the uncensored albums with the, the sticker, but they didn't want me to like have toy guns or they didn't want me to like glorify violence mm. early on. And I think my mom just didn't want me to be a bully or something. You know what I mean? It like was one of those things. Yeah. But no, I was lucky. My parents let us listen to just about anything. The only other thing that I would say that they would be against is if we like pissed off the neighbor. I don't know. Like, I feel like I didn't really know many kids whose parents were adamant about them not listening to it, though I do know that a lot of kids would sometimes go for the music that was in it just because it was such a taboo and everyone made it such a big taboo. Yeah. Like, I remember a kid did a a music project in our music class in like fifth grade and he did it on the Wu-Tang Clan and I had never heard the Wu-Tang Clan and he was pretty much like, I can't talk about any of the songs or we can't play any of the music here. This is, But the Wu-Tang Clan is from Staten Island and they're a rap group or something something like that. You know. That's all I can say. Yeah. without getting expelled. But, um, you know, as, as we mentioned, or as I, I mentioned earlier, you know, these days it's a lot harder to kind of rein in explicit yeah. content. And even though things come up with explicit content warnings on Spotify, you know, it's Joe, like, you know, you're, you're in the thick of it right now with, uh, you know, your kids 
you know, I, I know mm-hmm. I try to not curse around my son. My wife tries to not curse around our son. I don't listen to explicit content around him just because so, I don't want him yelling out F-bombs and, you know, S-words and all that stuff. <laughs> yes. Because uh, he has no control. He's just trying out words. But like for your kids, like how, how do you and your wife, you know, deal with it? Like are there rules or, you know, what, what's going on? Sure. Well, with, um, I'm trying to think of like with TV watching, for instance, um, you know, obviously we don't put on anything that's too crude or, you know, rated very mature. Um, we try to find things that are, you know, family friendly, not too kiddish. I mean, again, my son's 13 and, and my daughter's nine going on, you know, 17. Um, so, she, you know, just like that, they're at that age where like, they don't, they don't want to watch anything kitty. It's got to be somewhat mature, but um, uh-huh. it's tough these days. Although Netflix lately has a lot of quality programming, I got to say, that's a mm-hmm. lot of cool shows. Even like Fuller House is like fun to watch with them. They actually love Fuller House and it's enjoyable. I, I watch it with them. It's fun, you cool. know, but with movies, I'm always trying to find, you know, that those movies that they don't make too many movies like that. I always say like anymore, you'll, it's either really kid. It's, you know, it's, it's Avengers or it's like, you know, on the other spectrum, it's either a comedy that's super raunchy, mm-hmm. you know, an action movie again, like very like over the top either action or like cursing or, you know, sex or anything. Um, we actually just watched Knives Out. Oh my God. It's a great movie. We watched it all yeah. together. Yeah. I was like, let's watch, just watch this. And I knew it was going to be great. I mean, I heard a lot of great reviews. It seemed, I think it was PG-13 actually. It was a couple yeah. of curses, but it was like PG-13. And that actually was like a rare movie. It was a really good movie, but um, that didn't have anything too bad. You know, it wasn't really too bad. So, um, but with music and stuff, uh, we don't play any we try not to play anything with curses. I, you know, I try to play musical a lot in the, around the house. And when I know a curse is coming up, I'll, I'll, I'll try to like mute it or something like that. Cause the kids will hear it, especially my daughter. Yeah. Like, Oh, you played a, you know, like kind of like call me out. Yeah. And she'll, cause she'll <laughs> kind of get mad with that. But, um, with Spotify, like, you know, they, they, especially my son has a phone of course, and he's listening to all kinds of mu- mainly like rap music and stuff like that. that his friends like, and you know, I know some of it, but I, it's, you can't really control it. It's on the phone. What are you going to do? I mean, well, you can't. do you have separate accounts? I mean, like I was going to ask you, you know, do you, do you try to do any of those parental lockdowns or, you know, create a, a kid's account where they can't listen to it? Like I, at school, when my students wanted to listen to music, I had to create a Pandora account, which they were very upset about because of all the ads and they couldn't skip through like, you know, every song. And I had to create an account that, uh, or they had to show me their Pandora account, had the explicit content off. Um, So the curse words wouldn't pop up. Yeah. This was something I had to run by my superintendent just to make sure that, you know, I wasn't, you know, going to get in trouble for it. But like, do you do any of that with, with your kids or is it, you know, you kind of trust them? Yeah, I, I trust them. You know, I do. Um, even though I know some stuff I'm sure he's listening to, but he's not listening like all the time. I know to music either. He's also playing video games and that's another thing, you know, yeah. but <laughs> content that he's showing me some things that are like, you know, when he's on the headset, you know, just that's again, another thing it's like, well, you know, you're either playing it or you're not can't, can't play it. It's like, at least Grand or. Theft Auto isn't a big, big thing right now. Like it was like what? 10 it's, years ago. I will just is say, it, or is it, it still? It, it, no, I'm just going to say it's, uh, it's still there. It's, okay. it's still going. Okay. It? I'll just okay. leave it at that. Yes. Well, I had a weird question cause you're dealing with older kids too, Joe, is that you, you keep hearing these studies that come out that like kids are shying away from like sexual activity and certain like more like drug use and beer drinking and stuff. Mm. Are they doing the same thing with like music and films? Are they like actually wanting more wholesome entertainment or is that just like, phase it's gonna like change or something yeah that that's a good question i know with my son he see likes pretty innocent stuff generally yeah. i gotta say like i said he kind of will watch the same things my daughter will watch he doesn't that really into movies though i notice like a lot of them and even like all the kids even when they have friends over and they don't know what to do or they're kind of i say hey go watch something they never want to watch tv hmm. whereas yeah, because like, their I feel attention like spans are like yeah, they want they want the short stuff. It's weird. Yeah. They don't, even like I'm like any it doesn't have to be a movie, just like any like a show. Just put on yeah, Netflix or something. Some once in a while I'll get them to do it. It's either like video games or outside. It's not just all video games. I mean they 
to play a lot again outside. They want to ride bikes, jump on the trampoline, basketball, soccer, which is good too, obviously. Yeah. But um, the content thing is very hard. But, you know, again, you have to trust your kids. Can't be overbearing. Can't shield them. Can't shield them. I mean. I mean, I, like, you have to think about our, our childhood, right? Like, it's like. Exactly. We listen to it. And, and it's not like yeah. we turned out to be heathens or like terrible people. And it's just exactly. like, you know, is it one of those things where you have to like kind of. You know, I look at my dad and, you know, he kind of, you know, again, winked at like us and pretty much told us that you can't like outwardly show everyone that you're doing this. But if you're going to listen to it, you know, you are listen to it. And we trust you and, and that you're not going to be like, you know, screaming profanities and acting out, in, you know, in this way. Plus, I think yeah. he knew that all, half the stuff that we that he was playing or like uh, some of the words and the content was just way over our heads. Yeah. And, you know, when I was a camp counselor and I would, you know, work at the sleepaway camp that I, I worked at, it went up to like age 17 and there was a gap between like, you know, the, the youngest counselors had to be like 20 or 21. So there was that barrier there. I remember talking to kids about like, you know, how they were acting and thinking about it. I'm like, you know, I understand and I've, you know, I've been there, but like, you can't be doing this. Like that, it's like almost like that kind of fine line where it's like, I understand I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it, but you know, you can't do it because those are the rules kind of deal. And yeah, you know, I, I don't know is it's, it's one of those weird things where as a parent, you, it, it's almost like you don't want to be too strict because then they'll just totally rebel sometimes. And then you don't want to be, or they'll like be fine with it and then have this, you know, outburst when in their twenties or whatever. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, that's, you know, that's why I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, what you're doing, Joe, because every, you know, every kid's different, but every parent's different too. So. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, even, I know with Netflix, like with the parental, uh, parental controls, we all have our own Netflix mm-hmm. account or whatever, you know, I don't know if they call it page. And of course the kids one is, 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 um, for kids, you know, my two kids have the, the kids account. Um, they can of course go right to mine. I'm not like, yeah. I don't know, like password <laughs> protected or something like that, but yeah, I think you just have to trust them. I mean, I don't like shielding them. I, I know there's a lot of parents that I've met in this town. They're all over that. Even I'm with, and not even with the, the, you know, what we're talking about, but just in terms of even someone even let them ride their bikes alone, you yeah. know, go anywhere. And it's like, well, you're getting, you know, I'm thinking I was in the 80s, you know, in the early 90s. Yeah. I was in my, you know, family was very like on top, you know, they're, they knew where I was all the time, but I think I was riding my bike all over town and by this age and yeah, or just stuff like anything. It could be anything, but you know, yeah, you want to be careful, but, but the content stuff, I think you just have to be smart. I think it's good to show them more mature things too. Yeah, but on the flip side, I mean, like I understand that, but like I have some of my students who are like in second and third grade were talking about seeing Deadpool and like couldn't wait to see Deadpool 2 wow. and like or they were talking oh, about yeah, seeing it too and much. like yes. and like I'm just yeah. like you know there's the these kids are talking I told about them, yeah. you know, he keeps wanting to watch it and I, will, I won't put it on that's one thing I, I'm very like I won't put on it I won't put on yeah, cool. Deadpool I knew was I've, I knew what I've still hasn't, I haven't watched it but I know yeah, that it's don't, like you, really you don't want that should not be a, yeah it's, so that it's not appropriate those things no yeah, because I, I feel like at that point, then you're desensitizing them so much that, mm-hmm. but, you know, but I mean, like, again, you know, I, it's, it always shocks me sometimes, you know, uh, of, of some of the choices that parents make, but then some parents, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I want to go see this movie. I don't have the means of, or I, I don't have the ability to have someone watch my kid. I'm just going to take them with me. You know, yeah. it's, you know, you try not to judge at the same time. You, you hope that the parents looking out for the best, uh, you know, for their, for their kids. It's always awkward when you're at a movie or something and it's like, and you see these families with like a little kid there and you're like, why did you take this <laughs> child to this thing? Like, what are you doing? I, I hate that. Yeah. I, I just think it's like so awkward and bad. One other thing I just want to talk about with explicit content that I feel like it's still around, but it definitely was a bigger thing with us growing up is the the clean versions. Like, you know, taking out the expletives and changing them up and turning whatever words mm-hmm. um, into something else or just totally just like omitting them or bleeping them. Do you guys think they, they work? I mean, the, the most recent example I think that was the most prominent was the CeeLo Green song, uh, you know, F you or for, he turned it into a forget you, which worked perfectly as a clean version but you know you have to wonder did the kids know what the, the you know the original version was? like it's that kind of thing like do you think they work it's is it worth like having a clean version or you know i don't know like what, what are you guys thoughts i was want to mention with uh the songs today again i, I 
based on our other episodes, I, you know, I've been talking about how I, I listen to a, f- a fair amount of new, new music, like new pop music that like, especially my daughter wants to hear when her friends are over and stuff like that. Um, and when I go to Spotify, I just go to the charts, us charts. Um, I looked just before and cause I, whenever I go, I go, wow, there's a lot of ease, you know, for explicit on all these songs. Mm-hmm. And so I counted there's six right now, the six of the top 10 songs are explicit in the country. And 14 of the top 20 are explicit. Wow. 14 of 20. Yeah. So, and then of course, if you keep going down, you, you'll see it is, you know, probably basically ha- more than half, way more than half of like the top 50, probably like 35 of the 50 are explicit. Then what Spotify is good with is making the, uh, the clean versions. So there is like, I play like a clean, I was put like clean, you know, hits of 2020 yeah. or something like that. And I just yeah. play that. And you know, my daughter doesn't want, of course, doesn't want to hear the curse. You know, she'll like, again, call me out if there is like a curse, she gets embarrassed and stuff like that. So I always make sure that, um, I try as much as possible, play like the clean versions of things. What's his name? Uh, Justin Bieber had that song. Mm. Uh, I got to look it up now. Cause that was a, that was just a couple of years ago and that was a huge hit and he has more hits by the way. Like it's funny how people always think like people who are, you know, not like following like pop music every like few years are like, Oh, Justin Bieber's done. I'm like, no, he's not like huge <laughs> me- mega hit still like every six months, like pretty, every, it's been like 10 years yeah. now, but it, that song was Oh, Love Yourself. That was the one, which I forget the other title or the chorus was like, you can go F yourself, I think it was basically. Hmm. And he changed it to Love Yourself. It was like, you know, like a billion, billion (laughs) views on, you know, YouTube. It's like that South Park episode where Cartman turns all of like the Jesus songs into love songs just by like, or vice versa. (laughs) It was like the love songs into Jesus songs and then just like came huge but yeah it's you know i guess i guess they still do work i i don't know like i always thought they were silly like growing up it's like i know yeah, it's same. i know what what, you know word what it saying. is but again like with that CeeLo green song like the original version kind of came out of nowhere uh and then the the clean version exploded like i feel like the clean version because the word worked in you know in the yeah, context it, it was almost mm-hmm. like i wonder if they planned it that way because it was it was kind of perfect yeah. growing up uh with my my band in high school and college uh, zanzibar scuff we had two songs that had like a curse word in it and we were not allowed to like play it like or we weren't allowed to play the song we had to change the song because we were playing this church like they had these friday night like uh social clubs or whatever like that and i remember yeah. we wouldn't sell our album because we had a cover of ben folds fives army on there which has oh, a big you know word yeah and a big effort in there and so they wouldn't sell our album. They'd let us play, but they wouldn't sell our album. And I was wow. just like, oh, like it was, we thought it was so stupid, but yeah. you know, it, it, it's. Now every song has a curse in it. I'm yeah. like every yeah. song, every hit. So as we do on every episode, or we will be doing on every episode, uh, we're going to check in with each other about what we've been listening to, potentially some new stuff, maybe some stuff we haven't listened to in a while or, or kind of got back into. So we'll start with Joe. What what have you been listening to lately? Uh, what are some things that you really want to tell people about? Sure. So in the last few episodes, um, I mentioned a lot of new music, new singles that I've been uh, really digging, playing on my radio show a lot. Um three that I wanted to mention this time. One was uh, Mateel. She came out with a new, it's actually uh, Mateel Brown. She goes by the moniker Mateel. Mm-hmm. She's a really cool garage rock artist. And she just dropped a seven inch called Double Cover. Uh, the A side is Looking Down the Barrel of a Gun, which originally was done by the Beastie Boys. Uh, she has a really, really cool version of that. Yeah, phenomenal cover and you know being a female like trying and she's doing all the parts of the beastie boys i give her a yeah. lot of credit for even like attempting to do that yeah. covering the beastie boys is not easy especially as a, as a woman I, I, I would think just a solo and the b-side is she covers the clashes uh, guns of brixton really cool as well so i've been really digging that also i just stumbled upon this 15 year old from montclair uh, her name's juniper hmm. juniper shelley uh hmm. she's the daughter of uh wfmu's uh, michael shelley 
DJ Michael Shelley, and he, he produced his daughter's album and played on it. And she came out with a really solid album. It's kind of a mix of like garage rock and like power pop and kind of like AM 70s pop kind of. Punk rock boy, punk rock boy. I'm always dreaming about you, punk rock boy. But it's actually really cool. Um, I stumbled upon it through FMU. Other shows were playing it. And um, I didn't even know who who it was until I started listening to it. And then I found out. I would check that out. And then lastly, um, Jeff Beck and Johnny Depp covered John Lennon's Isolation. I think it's great. I've been playing it every week on my radio show. Um, I don't know if it's really tracked that much. I don't really see too much me- mention of it. Like in that's where I heard media. it though. It was on your radio show. I definitely heard it because I was like, I- I've cool. heard that song. I'm like, oh no, it's yeah. definitely on Joe's radio show. Yeah, <laughs> I've been trying to promote it. I think it's great, and I think Johnny Depp does a great job on vocals. I was just looking online. They played together a few times last year and they have, they have all these plans of recording more music together. And you know, in general, Johnny Depp is kind of become a real rock to me like a real rock star um real credible rock guy in the last few years he's really kind of ditched acting seems like most of his time is either playing with joe perry and and alice cooper and that one band or hanging out with keith richards or whatever and now playing with jeff beck so i don't know i i think it's a really great version Nice. And Steve, what about you? So uh, I did, um, and I know Joe had mentioned this too with the the Bandcamp Fridays, um, and you did too, Josh. Um, Yep. So the Juneteenth one came around, and I just wanted to basically shout them out that one, they donated all the proceeds to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, or people were offloading their profits to, you know, various bail funds and different things like that. And so, I obviously tried as best as I could on Juneteenth to buy black artists music and a vinyl came in the other day by Lee Fields and the Expressions. Nice. It rains love. And man, first of all, phenomenal album, phenomenal singer. And just the fact that I missed Charles Bradley in his prime mm, seeing him live. Same here. I'm not going to make that mistake with Lee Fields. So I'm like holding on to this record. Um, shout out to Big Crown Records too because they sent me a whole almost like not a press kit but they sent me a headshot three stickers a poster you know what I mean like they really were like thankful that I think we donated basically so that was cool and the song Love Prisoner I think still is the standout song on that album Cool. And then uh, two albums that one is a throwback that I know you guys were uh, already aware of was uh, Neil Young's 1974-75 album Homegrown. Mm. And um, I finally got that in the mail. I think it's a phenomenal Neil album, but I can also understand why, even though he made the excuse that it was too personal, I actually feel like it's not – It's it almost feels like little song vignettes in a weird way. Like every song – is is evocative of, of of that era after the gold rush and and you know everything you know that came out after that it's still a light is shining from that land on down the hall maybe the star of bethlehem and then uh the last album that i've been kind of obsessing recently is a surprise release by hum the album is inlet and i don't know if you guys remember in the 90s i'm sure joe especially might remember that the song stars yeah i yeah i i had it on a uh, bmg compilation and i wasn't really into that song when i got the compilation but i appreciate it now yeah yeah well what's weird is that um at the time and, and where they were from it's like them and smashing pumpkins kind of created emo shoegaze heavy alternative rock, I guess you want to call it. 
And then they kind of influenced so many other bands of today that people are really into. So like the OCs, Deftones, This Will Destroy You. I mean, it's kind of insane how many indie emo and more of the like emotional rock bands could look to hum more than even Smashing Pumpkins just for Hmm. style notes and everything. Right. And if you hear this album, um, it's epic. It's got like moments of the OCs in there, moments of Deftones. Like they're almost reacting to the bands that grew up on their music and created new styles and new sounds. And now this new album kind of does the same thing, but it's really heavy. Cool. It's well-produced. The song Desert Rambler, I think, is like the most epic of all the songs, for sure. Nice. Again, uh, my time has really uh, been limited listening to, to new music. I've been basically exploring the Sesame Street uh, catalog more and more as my son dives deeper into the Sesame Street um, <laughs> rabbit hole. Uh, and we pick up on new songs, which again, I have to say, a lot of the songs are great. The older mm. songs, especially not the new songs. My son discovered this Elmo's Brushing Your Teeth song where it's just like a terrible like remix of I don't know it's just bad and then anyway um, so you know a lot of a lot of kids music still on my plate like uh, Steve said uh, I did actually buy um, three albums on Juneteenth because um, Bandcamp was giving away 100% of their proceeds to organizations um, that help uh, the black community I felt like you know if Along with those Fridays, Bandcamp Fridays, and we'll be coming up again, I think, in August. And I'm not sure if they're doing it in September as well. Um, you know, really giving back to some portion of the the community, whether it's artists or, you know, other organizations that help people out. Um, I thought, you know, Juneteenth was a great day to buy. Um, I, I did not buy all uh, black artists. Um, I, I ended up buying Spoon's uh, 10th anniversary of Ga 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 Ga, which is like one of their best awesome. albums. Classic. Um, I have not opened it. It came with an extra album uh, that I already had digitally. Mm. Two LPs? Yeah, it was two LPs. It was it was expensive, but you know I feel like it's 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 their best album. It's uh, mm-hmm. the yes. bonus disc was Get Nice, which has um, some really great stuff on there as well. Cool. I bought that. I also bought Michael Cronin's second album, MC2. Awesome. Um, you know, I've been kind of on a Michael Cronin hit, but like the one that I've been kind of meaning to to get to and, and buy for a while, and I just felt, oh, this is the day, uh, is the Delvon Lamar organ trio. Their, their debut album, which I think came out a year or two ago, it's called Close But No Cigar. Like it says, it's an organ trio. It's it's all instrumentals. It's super funky. This guy, Delvon Lamar, plays uh, B3 Hammond. He has hmm. a guitar player and a drummer. And it's really, really, some really, really cool stuff. Cool, I gotta check that out. For uh, Father's Day, my wife gave me some time alone um, to hang out in our office. And just kind of, I got to play some video games and just listen to some music. And basically, I uh, was able to just have some me time and I decided I'm going to throw on uh, Dawes' 2016 release We're All Gonna Die which is my favorite album by them it's totally different than everything else that they've put out it's produced by uh, Blake Mills and it's just one of those albums where from the very beginning at least for me it just grabs you the the first song um, One of Us just like kind of hits
they even said it's like their hardest song in terms of like heaviness. And I, I just I just love it. And I, I highly recommend you go out and listen to that album. Even if you don't like Dawes, if you don't like their song, you know, all your favorite bands or whatever like that. Go listen to this mm-hmm. this album. And in terms of uh, new music, the only thing I've really been listening to that's like brand new, which is not even like really new, um, because I think he just re-released everything. Yeah. This album by uh, Paul McCartney, this EP that was put out called Young Boy, which I think, I know there's one song I think they tracked when um, they were doing like the uh, Beatles anthology. Even the very experimental Ubu Jubu is, is, is worth a, a, a listen. Yes, it's phenomenal. Like it's a really cool, just little short EP. It's Paul McCartney, especially these days, or even just post like Band on the Run, is very hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But this one, I I think the these tracks are really good, and it's definitely worth a listen. So thanks for listening, everyone, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, At this point, we will try to release a new episode every other week, um, and we hope to have some guests on in the near future. Um, So again, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing. Remember, if you like the show, you know, again, you can subscribe, tell your fellow music loving dads, moms, anyone really check out the podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter, both at Dad Rocks Pod. You can also find us on Facebook. And uh, if you have any questions or comments or anecdotes that you'd like to tell us, um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to, you know, do some uh, listener emails and stuff if you, if you yeah. want to give it to us. Or if you have any topics that you'd like to hear us discuss, you know, please email us at dadrockspod at gmail.com. And just uh, if you didn't see it in the description of this episode, we do have Spotify playlists for each of our episodes, including this one. Um, So you can go check it out. There should be a link. We hope it works. Um, Sometimes they don't work, but you can definitely find us on Spotify. You can friend us on Spotify and you'll get um, our new playlists for each episode. So you can check out every single song that you've heard on here on this episode today. Um, So again, thank you so much for listening and remember dads, you rock. 